Bush and Ritchie here with your daily takeaway podcast. Got a hell of a show for you this evening uh, that you're going to love, so get ready for that. In the meantime, though, just as like a, a thing, do you ever get worried by like what you're listening to or watching? Like you've got a pattern of, of you're into stuff and it's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Like I've got well into like like real true crime stuff recently on uh, listening to audiobooks. I just finished the Ted Bundy audiobook. And then now I've straight onto another true crime audiobook. Realised I taped a load of stuff off the telly that was about true crime. I think I might have a problem. You say you're worried because you feel that you've recently uh, got. I would say this is as long as I've known you. <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm in a flare up. <laughs> <laughs> a flare up of true crime. I, I, you know what I mean? I need like a palate cleanser. What is the most inert, like flat, you know, nothing, inoffensive thing I can just put between the uh, Green River Killer? Uh, uh, audio book I'm listening to at the mm-hmm. moment off the back of Ted Bundy mm-hmm. and and then and then I can get back into someone else afterwards it just breaks the chain well, you'll hear about it uh, mentioned in uh, this episode of the Daily Takeaway I'd say Bake Off get yourself in a Bake Off <laughs> right I'm going to look at listen to people baking cakes this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway let's start with a question uh, tonight the question is this do you have a nemesis a nemesis as in uh, someone that you don't know who they are like a stranger that you developed a searing dislike for even though like I say you don't know who they are I've got I've got a nemesis at our local swimming pool so you know I started swimming recently to fix my messed up back so I go a couple of times a week to Belfair's 1930 style uh, swimming pool in uh, Leon C. And I see this same woman. She's there every time I'm there. And she does something that's just wound me up to the point where I am now her arch enemy. What's she doing? Well, what she's doing is this, right? I swim in the slow section. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to make no, no, no bones about that. I, I've tried the middle, uh, medium speed, and I was, I was, I think I was causing a stir at how slow I was going. People were <laughs> overtaking me left, right, and centre. So back in, back in the, in the slow section. In the slow section of the pool, there's three lanes. Well, the middle lane's not really a lane. The middle lane is there for overtaking incredibly slow people. Right. People who go in there for, like, knee injuries or old fellas, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, but this woman, who I call middle lane woman, or something slightly worse in my head, what she does... No, 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 she doesn't wait behind someone because sometimes you get held up going anti-clockwise. What she does, she swims backwards and forwards in the overtaking lane. As if it's her own personal lane. As if it's her own God-given right to go down that lane that doesn't exist. It's a little bit like driving to Liverpool on the central reservation. I could see how that person could become a nemesis. She is my nemesis. I, I have laser eyeballs in the back of her swimming-capped head <laughs> as she's swimming around past me and everything like that. Middle lane woman. So I ask you all, uh, tonight on Home Time, sorry to start off on a negative uh, tilt... But have you got a nemesis, someone you don't know who they are, but you hate them? I've got a Victoria line nemesis. Ooh, go on then. Um, it, it, I know it sounds strange, um, thinking that it's the Tube in London and they operate so frequently that you could see the same person on the Tube. But trust me, I do, because I get the same train in from home every day. Yeah. So I guess I end up rocking on the Tube every day. And there's somebody who always sits at the front of the Tube. Uh, and when I get on at Tottenham Hale, they're always having their packed lunch and they have pickles in their sandwich. Ooh. And that is so smelly. Well, as in, as in, like, um, like, Branston's pickle. As in Branston pickle in their sandwich, yeah. But I, I just think eating on the tube anyway, when it's so hot in there, it's a bit of a no-no. So to see that same person <laughs> at the front of the carriage, on the same train, and the same time, considering it's the tube, it's a nemesis. Do you know what I had cheese and pickle sandwiches on the uh, district line 
just about two and a bit hours ago. If I'd seen you more than once, <laughs> you would have become a nemesis. I'd become his nemesis. Have you heard of the phantom angle grinder? Because oh uh, he's, he's a problem for Alex. He says, I've never seen him, but I call him the phantom angle grinder. He's followed me wherever I've lived. His mission is to stop me having my lion on a Sunday by oh. doing 20 minutes of angle grinding, and he stops as soon as I get up. Joe, so it's interesting you should say that, because the, the house out the back of ours, where our back garden is, they're having a load of work done, and they start doing, like, building and hammering and all this kind of thing because it's a weekend thing at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday not fair what are the, what are the rules on not fair I think weekday 8 o'clock I'd be fine with yeah. but I'd say the weekend 9.30 come on uh, come on please show a bit of humanity Shelley says on Twitter uh, I've got a nemesis a man in the, my gym that always uses a Swiss ball next to me most mornings he bounces it over to the mat and it drives me mad he also wears really really bad jogging bottoms as well this guy sounds like a nightmare <laughs> If you've got a nemesis, we want to hear about it. Chris does. A particular cashier at a co-op. I used to live there four years ago. That's my nemesis. I went into this co-op almost every single day for six months. I would get ID'd every single time. Wow. I knew her by name. She obviously knew me too, but would ID me every time anyway. Wouldn't you be? Wouldn't that be like a nice thing? My, my other half, Katie, gets ID'd quite a lot and really hates it. I'd love to. I'd give anything to be ID'd. <laughs> yeah, me too. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Fred says there's a woman in Stoke, uh, the Stoke London train, who eats her breakfast out of a metal flask and constantly clanks the spoon for 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> he says something that it sounds like that I can't read on the radio. Uh, but we do have Callum on the line. Callum, uh, who's your nemesis? Tell us about him. So I've got this chap who lives on my street i don't know his name but he drives a, a sports car and he, wear, he wears these leather gloves no matter what the weather and for me the only people who should be wearing driving gloves is racing drivers and right. he's so slow in his car that makes him my nemesis <laughs> and so how is he known in your household what, what would you call him I'd just call him Driving Gloves Man. Driving Gloves Man. Callum, this is wonderful, right? This is absolutely wonderful because you have you have gone straight to the heart of what makes a nemesis. A, you don't know their name, and B, no. most often, in fact all the time, I would say a nemesis doesn't know that they are someone's nemesis. Does he, you think he's just got he's completely un, blissfully unaware he's, that he's getting on really nerves? He's completely oblivious to my uh, yeah, to, to him being my nemesis. And have you been stuck behind him before? Is that what winds you up? Oh, that's what, yeah, many, many times. And he, and like I said, no matter what the weather, he's got them leather gloves on. <laughs> Dan says, there's a bloke who simply walks down our street too often. My wife says hello if, I, if she sees him, whereas I silently seethe and glare at him over her shoulder. He could be the nicest man in the world, but I'm never going to find out as the current situation suits me just fine. <laughs> wow. Jim says, my nemesis is a three-legged corgi that persistently chases me down a grass walkway when I do my weekly 5k run. It's deceptively quick and shouldn't be underestimated. Unbelievable situation right there. And Stephen says, my next-door neighbour keeps putting stuff in my bin. Right, Tom's hanging on. Uh, who is your nemesis? Or, or indeed, are you the nemesis? I think I'm the nemesis, yeah, but I've got a clue why. Right, so you think you're someone's nemesis. Explain the situation. So... There's this fellow who lives on, my, on our estate and I don't even know exactly where he even lives. I've only ever seen him in his car. And he just, a couple of times, he's just hung his head out the window and started giving me grief for no reason. So I, I, think I've, I think I've done something to him so at some point, but I haven't got a clue why. <laughs> so what, are you like walking around with the family and then he'll stick his head out the window, he's driving by and have a go? So, like, last week, um, it was about half six in the morning, I took the dog out for a quick walk before I went to bed. I've turned back into our street with the dog, 
and he's he's there at the junction, and he's drove past me, and I've and I've heard from behind me go him just going, hey, hey. So I've turned round. He's got his head out, hanging out the window, shouting me. <laughs> so, I've, so I've done something to him, but I don't know what. You haven't got driving gloves, have you? You don't go swimming slowly in fast lanes and that. <laughs> just a process of elimination. Yeah, well, to be fair, I've probably upset a lot of people in my time, but I'm not sure why I've upset him. <laughs> James Stiles says, uh, Bush, I'm an ex-lifeguard, and what you're experiencing with that woman swimming down the middle aisle is major lane rage. The lifeguard should be stopping her, as she sounds like a, and it's inverted commas, so this must be an actual term for it, privileged lane hogger. The worst kind of people. <laughs> We're talking if you've got a nemesis, someone you don't know who they are, but they wind you up. Simon is next in the queue to uh, unload. Might not be a, a privileged lane hogger. Who is it, uh, your nemesis, Simon? I don't know his name, but it's an old fellow that walks around our village whistling really, really loudly. Really annoying. What um, what kind of songs does he do? Does he do old fashioned like World War Two type songs, or he tries to do modern stuff? No, it's just loud whistling. It doesn't sound like anything. It's interesting whistling, isn't it? Um, some say it's contentness. Yeah. And I think it is a sign of contentness, but it is really weird how one person's contentness can bring the highest level of yeah. irritation to the others. Well, you get this thing sometimes if you haven't building work done or someone in your area is having building work done. You always, there's always one builder who tries to whistle songs but whistles it slightly wrong, <laughs> and it can just stick in your craw a little bit, can't it? Yeah, I used to work in the theatre industry, so whistling is really, really unlucky if you whistle on stage. Did not know that. Didn't know that at all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, yeah, kind of uh, irritates me. Why? Why is it? Why is it unlucky to whistle on stage? Tell us. So, uh, so whistling on stage. So back in the olden days, um, they used to use sailors to do a lot of the flying. So they used to whistle from stage up to the fly floor, and different whistles would um, would mean different things, and they'd fly different stuff in. So if you'd whistle on stage, you could end up with something landing on your head. Wow! wow. What about that? So Every night is a school night on the Hometime Show. It sure is. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Uh, another very busy day for King Charles today. I was watching the television before I had my lunch uh, earlier on this morning and uh, saw him arrive in Belfast, which is uh, where he appears to uh, have oh. spent most of the day. Uh, and the television at the time was um, ready, poised and waiting, uh, much as they have been at the moment, to uh, uh, follow a car uh, at some great height. There's uh, been a lot of overhead car following, lot, hasn't there? A lot of it, yes. Aerial car following. Uh, because they were waiting for him to land at the airport to then uh, follow him to, to Hillsborough Castle. And as he was uh, coming down the steps of the plane, uh, there was the dignitaries uh, waiting on the tarmac uh, to meet the king, uh, and then two children uh, with little gifts uh, to give to the king and the uh, the queen consort. Uh, I don't uh, like that name, that <laughs> phrase. Does she, uh, does she, is she happy with being called that? I, I would imagine so, I would imagine so. Consort? <laughs> Is that your consort? <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> the, the little girl had uh, a posy of flowers. Lovely. Uh, and the little boy had a tin of chocolate truffles. Uh, which had the Giant's Causeway embossed on the top of it. And you know normally when you see kids or anyone give like a present to any royal, they very gratefully and thankfully say, oh, you know, thank you so much, so kind of it. Turn round and give it to someone else, the gift disappears forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My respect to King Charles, because he took that tin of chocolate truffles straight in the jacket pocket and then got in the BMW to go off to the castle. And I thought to myself... 
This is a man of the people. You know, he's wanting a car snack for a journey here. Do you think he's, he's driving along there uh, on his way to his next appointment just having a little munch? Well, here's the thing. Immediately, I started thinking, what is the ultimate car snack? Because if the king of this land is taking chocolate truffle, then maybe that is what you have to think about. But you'd have to dismiss that pretty quickly because, of course, Charles isn't driving... The king is not driving the limousine. Right, yeah. OK? If you're eating a chocolate truffle, it's got that chocolate dusting on it, that's not good for a steering wheel. Right. It's fine for him as a passenger. So I would suggest, not one to disagree with the king, I would say your fruit pastel is your number one driving snack as a driver. Not going to get any chocolate taint on the wheel, uh, but you've still got that sweet little pickup. See, I, I, you know what I'm like? I don't like getting stuff on my hands. I know. Hence knife and forkism, that kind of thing. I don't like getting any shininess on the steering wheel when you're driving. Like, I was going to say, for me, if I ever stop at a service station, uh, Marks and Spencer's Samosa, veggie Samosa. Absolutely love them. Interesting. But, but obviously but, you can't be driving around eating a veggie Samosa. No. It's illegal. And the thing that I would come back immediately and say is surely you're going to get a little bit of flake in your crotch. Well, it's not only that. I drive barefoot as well. So I think if I get pulled over, people think I'm David Icke. <laughs> so what is your go-to then? It's got to be a fisherman's friend. Doesn't surprise because you like your savoury. It also... And it, no taint. Sometimes you need like a bit of a buzz, you know, like, whoa, come on. <laughs> and fish, fishermen's friends make me feel like I'm alive. Do you know what I mean? Whoa. Jamie has put forward smints. He's saying two at a time. Now, whoa, Jamie's whoa, whoa, probably whoa. thinking to himself, you know, there's no taint and all that kind of stuff. You are tempting fate if you have too many of those things at once because as a car journey, you are kind of... Asking for its laxatives effects. Brown cords time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Tricky has tweeted the show with uh, something that I would consider to be an aberration day to day, let alone if it's anything to do with driving. He says blackcurrant and licorice all day, all night. They're amazing. I don't know about you, who's eating licorice in 2022? It's a Victorian sweet. Do you know what? I, I can't stand licorice. Oh. Natalie was away at Alton Towers the other week, came back and in the car, because she's in there on her own with Rocco, Licorice. I did not even know that about my own wife. Genuinely, licorice is a treat that you give to a child's <laughs> chimney sweep after they've done the chimneys. Uh, beef jerky, says oh. Trucker John. Chewy, tasty, no mess. It's a very strong suggestion. It's fine if you're a, if you, he's a trucker, isn't he? Yeah. It's, you can eat jerky if you're a trucker. If you're a normal civilian in a normal car, you look like a cannibal. <laughs> Uh, this one here, Callum in Bracknell says, uh, there's only one clear winner, guys. It has to be fruit polos. Oh, oh no, you can't them? discount the polo, actually. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one for a driving snack. Straight up polo, you're your granddad. Mm -hmm. Fruit polos, you're a little bit crazy. Anything could happen. Uh, Al, uh, what's your go-to snack? It's got to be wasabi peas. So a nice big box, and you sort of take them, and you get that, you get that buzz, like from Fisherman's Friends. Yeah. Nice bit of crunch, really satisfying. Big box. Right. Slightly high risk, but definitely, definitely worth it. Do you know what I love about this? And this goes back to the fisherman's friend thing. I remember my friend Dan, right? His dad came up with this idea of, of, of uh, having oxygen by the roadside where you could put a quid in <laughs> yeah. and get a blast of oxygen to keep you awake when you're driving. <laughs> and he, ne he never went through with it in the end, right? Which probably makes sense. But the wasabi pea thing, it gives you that buzz to help you kind of stay awake and stay on the case. Is that right? Exactly that. It's, and it's so high risk because you, you, you get the one P which has got extra wasabi. It goes right up your nose and you sort you, know, you can't see for five miles. So, yeah. Yeah, not, not seeing for five miles is something where you would mark it down on the chart a little bit as a driving snack. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. And don't rub your eyes either. I've done that before on the, on the There's way another back. one, all right. It's now got two black marks again. It's getting it. more confusing by the second, this, isn't it? This one. 
Hey, you got to live life on the edge, guys. You know, if you're going to have a fisherman's friend, you might as well have a savvy pay. You, know, you must have eaten five fisherman's friends at once. That's, uh, that's fair. I think fisherman's friend could be a gateway into <laughs> a serious wasabi problem. <laughs> Becky says, I'm an HGV driver. My go-to is definitely Werther's Originals while on the road. I think you have to discount them because, of course, they got the wrapper. And that's only... That's, it can't be safe on doing a wrapper while you're driving. Yeah. And secondly... It brings in rubbish, doesn't it, into the car? And they're not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Robin Southend, my neck of the woods, says uh, it's got to be jelly snakes as the ultimate car snack. You can't beat them as a bit of a boost on a long car journey. Um, they're, not, they're, they're, they're not going to leave any taint on the steering wheel. I like a jelly snake. I know, but the way that you eat them, it's like you have to hold your head back as if like a bird receiving worms yeah. from your mum. Good point. And uh, then if I'll, your mum was a bird. Eyes are, off the, <laughs> eyes are off the road then, and of course that's not safe. Rob, don't do it. Uh, what is your go-to car snack? Adele. Corned beef and small chunks of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I love corned beef. Corned beef hash is one of my favourite meals, but I wouldn't dream of taking corned beef out with me in the car. Well, you know, you know when you go to the service station and you just want something to pick and you know you've got to drive um, and you get them bags of chunks of cheese, all yes. the different ones, cathedral and all that, that chisel. I like those and a pack of corned beef. Amazing. Did you worry that, say, God forbid, something bad happened, you had a bit of an accident, and they, they were like getting, they were in your car, looking in your car, and you've got a pack of corned beef in there with you as well? Do you think they might judge you slightly? You know the way people worry about having the right underwear on in an accident? Oh, no, I'm not bothered. Just okay. Shame here. Okay, Adele, another, another scenario towards you here. Uh, you prepare your chunks of corned beef and your chunks of cheese, and I don't know how you serve them, whether they're all in a little Tupperware ramekin or something. Doesn't matter. But 90 minutes down the road, from yeah. whenever you've set off with that, how are they then faring for you when they're less refrigerated than they were and you're in a hot car? <laughs> yeah, your cheese is not looking so good. It gets a little bit sweaty. I think we're more um, concerned about the corned beef, to, to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you, Adele. Well, I think, to be fair, they both get a bit sweaty. So I guess okay. you just have to eat them really quick. I mean, I, I am a bit flabbergasted. I don't know where to go with this. Uh, do you, other people, like you get passengers come in your car, friends and family, Adele, what do they say about it? Um, yeah, my friends do find it really weird that I eat so much corned beef in the car, to be fair. <laughs> it's not so good if it gets down the side of the seat. That's disgusting. Oh, no. dear. No, you've got to get that Especially out quickly. Corned beef, yeah. So, um, but yeah, my friends don't join in my little corned beef and cheese party when we're on a road trip. They tend to stick to their own nibbles. Drive their own car. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Adele. <laughs> no problem. Megan, what are we putting forward? The next drops that come in the little tent. Do you know what? I, I know the ones you mean, but I remember a, a lad in my year called Christopher Sherborne had them when we went on a French exchange because he was handing them out on the ferry saying that they were sweets that stopped you getting seasick and they didn't. <laughs> and everyone was sick no, having them. No, <laughs> No, they totally... My mum always had them in the car when we were a child. And oh. I now have them in my glove box in the car. And oh, I love that. Is it is it to do with travel sickness? Is it a travel sickness thing, or is it just like uh, no. something you might have? No, it was just that she always used to have them in the glove box when we were young. I thought it was because she liked them, but she only had them because we liked them. Um, <laughs> So then I started buying them for my car. When I was a kid, I don't think there was a single journey that we took in Dad's car that um, didn't have those tins sweets just yeah. in, in, in the front <laughs> like that. What is, what's really strange is... 
like now, you could go to a service station, petrol station, and you've got so much you can choose from, but none of it's tin. Yeah. It, it, they're all in these big pouches. Sure. What happened to the tin the, sweet? The tin sweet game's gone, isn't it? Yeah, because they just fit perfectly in the glove box, and you know they're not going to fall over, and they've got a lead, and yeah. So you've got some in your car right now? It's like, we can hear you driving along. Have you got them in your car? I do. Yeah. Can, can you give them a little rattle? Do they still make that that beautiful old school tin sound when you rattle them around? Yeah, I think so. I'll try. Here we go. Oh no, they're not nice. Oh, they do. Oh, they're right. Hear it now. I thought they'd all become congealed. It's all worth it. Oh, yeah. No, it's not rattle. <laughs> this is the daily takeaway. Can I just say, I feel really sorry for King Charles. Not not obviously because what's just happened to him and everything, what he's going through, but he must be absolutely shattered. Every time I've turned on my telly with, like, you know, you've got rolling news, 24-hour news on at the moment, he's in a car going somewhere else or is stood by a coffin or being asked to, you know, have a reaction to or making a speech or something like that. He literally hasn't stopped. And I've just seen them, uh, you know, online here calling it... It's like a crass title, but it's like... They're calling it the morning tour. Wow. He's going from... You know, he's in Belfast today. Yeah. He's going to Cardiff, I think, as well. He's been in Scotland. Obviously, bearing in mind his, his mum, obviously, the Queen, has passed away. He's not really had a chance to even process it. Do you know what I mean? It's quite incredible, the amount of travelling that he has been doing, um, going to and from different places. And then, as you say, one of the one of the other curious parts about it is when he does seem to stay in, in one place for a certain amount of time, there's a heck of a lot of just stood there. Yeah. And, like, knowing... Also, that the pressure of... Knowing that you're stood there and the world is looking at you. You're, you're he's, he's in a phase of his life right now where there is a camera on him all the time and he knows he's on a live TV channel. It's just... I can't imagine it. Well, the bit where he was stood outside, you know, obviously in front of the coffin in, in Edinburgh for, you know, a long period of time there. And, like you say, there was, there was cameras all over him, pretty much. And, you know, if you're just trying to... They can see into your soul a little bit, can't they? Cameras, the way that they are. People can peer into your soul. So I just feel really sorry for him. Also, as well, he's like... You forget he's 70-odd as well so they're just at this incredible uh, you know the pace of what they're doing is unbelievable I know a lot of people think sometimes with with the royals or they've just got an easy life and got, you know putting their feet up and living the luxury life but if you want an insight into the public service that they're doing or what you have to go through just watch King Charles right now and Camilla as well every five minutes he's in a different country God bless him this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway uh, if you are in any way trying to look after what you're eating right now and behave and be good uh, good luck because uh, the Great British Bake Off uh, is back tonight on Channel 4 uh, for its latest series I for one absolutely love it um, and I've always thought that it is the it's kind of the heralding of autumn isn't it when a new series of Bake Off starts it is it is I don't really watch it I'll be honest with you Although I feel a bit kind of conflicted now because obviously my um, my star-studded Bing cake for uh, Thea's birthday, which was such a success, probably put me in the frame to maybe be a Bake Off contestant, but I've just missed the cut. <laughs> it starts this evening. I'm too late, right? Uh, one for all of us to look out for. Uh, there's always an episode uh, during a Bake Off run, uh, and it generally is chocolate week, and it always seems to sort of fall on the week when they say, oh, and the temperature's very hot outside the tent right now. But obviously this summer that we're coming to the end of, we have had some crazy all-time high temperatures. Yeah. I am just looking forward to the episode of 
Bake Off where they were cooking in some kind of oven and trying to make things set. The other bit as well is for me, one of the reasons why I couldn't go on it is would be the noise that I would make if I'm squatting down, checking on cakes and having to stand back up again. Because I hate myself for the noise I make when I do that. But I, think, I think you're assuming, knowing how you are right now, I think you're assuming too much that you'd actually get back up. I'd have to stay down there. Get someone else to check it for me. Richie's Daily Takeaway. There's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Get in touch on uh, on email if there's anything you want to talk about. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. One thing from the very start, uh, you were just saying, uh, Richie, that I need to get into the Bake Off to break mm. this cycle of me listening to true crime. Is there like an audio... Because I like audio books. Yeah. Is there audio Bake Off? Do you know what? It's one thing I didn't really disc- um, sort of think about properly there. It's not really an audio medium, is it? Baking cakes. Is it, If there's a good audio cake book... Is there a book on cakes? I'll, I'll listen to that. They, they can't, surely there can't be. I mean, it's all in the you know, it's it's in it's in the senses of taste and uh, the sense of seeing it and know? smelling it. Yeah, but hearing there's nothing to hear about it. I, I would definitely, I'd love to listen to someone talk about cakes. Though. Imagine that. No one in the train's got any idea what you're getting away with. I had a question to ask you as well uh, from the uh, beginning of this episode. All this true crime uh-huh. that you listen to. Yeah. If I was to play a game of Cluedo with you. Are you any good? I, I am very good at Cluedo because I developed a system that w- was outside the rules as a, a way of allowing me to uh, identify who the killer is. Well, other than look at the cards, I don't understand. I, I caused a massive family argument as well. What did you do? What I did is not in the spirit of the game, so this is quite bad. What I would do is make a note of every card that other people used. Yeah. Because what you'll do is you use two cards that you've got plus one that you haven't. Yeah. Try and work it out. And if I saw like, my cousin Martin from Germany was using candlestick... Gary Plum, can't remember yeah. the names of them, and then one other. If they came up too much, I could then cross-reference them and realise he's got those cards in his hands. I'm going to defend you. I, I don't think that's not within the spirits of the game. I think that's good detective work. My German family would never play Cluedo with me again. 